0: welcome to the podcast of palmetto baptist church thank you for tuning in we pray that the following message will help you connect grow and serve in your relationship with god and others
1: not long ago uh, hoyt and candy pruitt joined our church also uh, hoyt's uh, mother joined the church along with them and they have just jumped right in uh in a lot of a lot of different things we're doing uh it was like they'd been members of our church for a, a long, long time. And I wanted, to, I wanted you to know a little bit more about Hoyt. I mean, he's part... Let's see, how can I describe him? He's part uh, Grizzly Adams, part Jeremiah Johnson, part Andre the Giant, and Mr. Wrestling Number 2, and Smokey the Bear all rolled into one. And... Um, Thanks, and, and, and God is doing something amazing in his life. And I wanted uh, to give him the opportunity for him and me to talk and for you to just be introduced to him. So, Hoyt, I appreciate you meeting with me here up on this stage. And uh, I want you to just tell us, tell us who you are. Tell us where you, where you, you grew up. Uh, just, just tell us about yourself.
0: My name's Hoyt Pruitt. Um, I am Renee Wright's nephew. So and, you're
1: related to Gary Wright?
0: Oh, well, yeah. Yes. Um, I grew up in a little community about halfway between Alpharetta and Cumming called Hopewell Community. Uh, just a little small Years ago was a farming community uh probably about fifteen or twenty minutes from where you grew up yeah actually and had just a, had both my parents in the home, thankful for that and now I have both my parents living in my home. My dad suffers with um dementia and alzheimer 's and uh <laughs> My mom suffers with me. But growing up, I had an extremely nurturing family. Renee has a younger sister who's only about nine years older than I am. Grew up close to my grandparents and spent a lot of time at their house while my mom and dad worked. My dad was a truck driver, so when I was really little, he was gone a lot. Really didn't get to know him until, I would say, probably 11 or 12-ish, just simply because he was gone, he was home, he would come home on Wednesday nights and he would leave again on Thursday morning, then he would come home again late Saturday night, we would get up, do our family thing on Sunday morning, we would go to church, we would go to my grandmother's, have lunch. He would drop us off at home, and he would leave to go out on the road again. He took a local driving job when I was, I guess, 11 or 12. Um, So grew up in a really nurturing, loving family. Always had that. Always, you know, knew what love was. When I was nine years old, I was introduced to the love of Jesus Christ. And I was actually sitting in church... And when, when the Spirit came upon me, and I knew, even though I was young and I didn't understand that there was a plan and that all God's children have a purpose, I knew that I wanted, no, I won't even say I wanted, because I did want it, but I knew that if I was going to survive through this life, and sure the next one, that I knew that I needed Him in my life and at nine years old, I I accepted him.
1: Amen. Now, you mentioned growing up in church. The church environment you grew up in was somewhat different from the church environment here at Palmetto Baptist. So tell us a little bit about that, and uh, what was it like? What was good about it, and how is it different from PBC? We grew up
0: primitive Baptist, and it's the Doctrine is extremely similar. The, the the good things about it was is that most of the folks that I went to church with were either family, close community folks. It was a very tight-knit church. We It was a very loving, very nurturing church. And it was a God-serving church to a point. One of the things that was different about it And one of the things that I didn't necessarily get fulfillment from when I was younger, and and I knew that I had just enough knowledge of the Bible to know that not everything was as it should be for me. Because, unfortunately, with some religions, and the one that I was... And I'm not bashing anybody's religion by any stretch of the imagination... This is just one of the differences. Unfortunately, they're very, very old school. And where we here are very welcoming, we go out, we go out into the world, and we let the light shine, so to speak, there was this, this air of, hey, we've got this good thing, let's keep it to ourselves. And maybe if, if we know we've got this good thing and if we just keep the door shut and we keep it to ourselves, well, maybe the devil can't get in. Well, the only problem is lost folks can't get in either. Hmm. And that was always a problem that I had with the way that I was raised in religion was the fact that I felt like, yeah, we've got something good, man. We've got something great. But we're not sharing it with anybody. We're keeping it to ourselves, and I, and I knew as a young child that that wasn't the way that it was supposed to be. And not only that that not only did I know early on in life that I wanted to serve in some capacity, but I knew that that's the way that it's supposed to be. Again, every child of God has a job.
1: Yeah. How long have you and Candy been married?
0: This coming up February 14th will be 23 years.
1: 23 years. Yes. How in the world did you meet that girl?
0: We met through some friends. And uh, Candy doesn't really like it when I talk about her. She's, um, she's very loving of me. She's very supporting of me. I'll just go ahead and tell you that um, the Lord sent her to me to save me from myself. And I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna read something, and and I think this pretty much sums up what kind of person that she is, as far as uh, as far as how she is in my life. For those of you who don't know, I had an accident on Thursday. This past work, Thursday. This past Thursday,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I had to be taken to the trauma center in Columbus because they thought I had damaged my spinal cord. I thought I had damaged my spinal cord. And so I just want to read this to you. And I think this sums up the kind of woman that a man needs to support him. And I think this is what tells me that she's in the right place and that she's here to keep me in the right place. She said, what an awesome God we have. Had a little scare with Hoyt. All I heard when I got the call was Hoyt was going to the trauma center in Columbus. They were trying to decide whether they were going to take me by ground or they had already put life flight on ready alert. That's how serious they thought my injuries could possibly be. Hmm. Then she said, I immediately asked God to take control. <laughs> you, you, you get... You, you get word that the person that you've promised to spend the rest of your life with to care about has possibly been injured, could possibly be paralyzed, has no feeling in his lower legs. Mm. You're by yourself. You're driving down the road headed towards the hospital. No information or anything. And the first thing that came to that girl's mind was to call on her Lord and Savior. David Flowers I heard this name and knew he worked at the hospital I called David and asked him to go check on Hoyt I know God whispered his name and I know that a calm came over me God took over the situation all I had to do was ask that pretty much sums up the type of person that my wife is as far as I'm concerned
1: yeah she's alright she's alright Well, uh, you and I've talked a good bit since you joined the church and uh, God is doing something in your life. What do you sense that God is doing?
0: I have been, I have accepted the call to preach. Mm -hmm. I have been called into ministry and it looks like it's going to be an evangelist road for me. Mm. Um, he has given me a zeal for telling people what He's done for me and the the gift of salvation. And it, it, it's like I told Pastor Jimmy, I said, I feel like there, there's an energy and, a, and a, a wellspring inside of me and I feel like I should be standing on the top of a mountain just shouting salvation to anyone who will listen and then yelling even louder to anyone who's not listening. (laughs) I can't help but at the end of the day think that um, if if God can take somebody like me, somebody who's been where I've been, made the bad choices that I've made, Lived the life that I've lived away from him, even after I was saved. Um, you know, I, I, I made some choices. And there was a point in time in my life when I allowed the devil to get a stronghold on me. And, and, and I'm telling you, he's, he's clever. He's, he's strong. I knew the truth. I knew the answer. Um, I, 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 I knew the roadmap. I held it in my hand. I held my Holy Bible in my hand, and I still allowed the devil to take control of my life. But the whole time that this was going on, God was right there waiting. He was right there waiting. And when it finally came time for me to call on Him and tell Him that I couldn't do it without Him anymore, that I can't live like this anymore, then He brought me out of that dark, cold place. And He filled me with a calm, with a peace, with a reassurance that only an Almighty God can do. From the place that I was that He brought me from, and where He has set me now in the road that He has laid out before me, and the light that He has shown me, it's all the proof I need that there can be none greater.
1: So... For those who've been around you, uh, it's, it's obvious that God is doing something in your life. There's a passion and an enthusiasm in you that uh, is, uh, there's no way to miss it.
0: I get a little excited. Uh,
1: so, but let me ask you this. So God is doing something in your life. You recognize it. It involves preaching. It involves evangelism. So what are you doing about it?
0: God started on me a long time ago. A long time ago. 20 years ago, 20 years plus. And I ran for a long, long time. And it doesn't matter how hard I ran. It doesn't matter how far I ran. Every time I thought that I was free and clear. Because when I think about the responsibilities of a preacher, And when I think about the awesome responsibility of being a mouthpiece for our Lord and Savior, you would have, in my opinion, you would have to be a madman to wish for such. So I ran. Ran, 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 ran. But no matter how far I ran, no matter where I went, no matter how bleak things looked, no matter how bad things got, No matter how deep into that pit that I allowed myself to sink, that still small voice was there. And I was sitting at a Brian Free concert with my wife and family one night. And the Lord, (laughs) He came to me in the middle of a church full of people. And it felt like it was just Him and I. And He basically told me in no uncertain terms... That the running was over. And it was time to go to work. So I'm going to work. I'm going to do whatever he asks me to do. I'm going to follow the road he lays out ahead of me. If it requires my time, I'm going to give him my time. If it requires sacrifice, I'm going to give him sacrifice. And if it requires me to lay down my life, then I'm prepared to lay down my life. Because that is nothing, nothing compared to the gift of peace, hope, grace, love, and salvation that Jesus Christ has given me on a day-to-day basis for the last few months, ever since I said, you're right, Lord, enough's enough, I'm done, my life is yours, do with it what you would have me do, and I'll be very careful at the end of the day to give you all the praise and all the glory. And ever since then, my life has turned around, and hear me, and hear me well, if he can do it with me, he can do it with anybody. (laughs) There is no pit too deep. There's no dark place too dark. There's no cold place too cold. He's more powerful than all of it. The devil's powerful. He had a hold on me. When God said it was enough, it was enough. He said, devil flee, and the devil fled.
1: Obviously, you have more than just a head knowledge of the Lord. And uh, something that Jacob Downs, speaking last week, said, he said... uh, He said, talking about the difference between a head knowledge of Jesus versus a relationship with Jesus, he said, he said, knowledge says that Jesus died for me, but a relationship says I died with Jesus on the cross. That's right. What do you think about that? How does, how does that statement move you?
0: I like to tell people that I can't save you, but I can show you the roadmap. We have some choices that we have to make. And I think there comes a time for me that I just had to lay everything else aside. I was so worried about my relationship with coworkers, my relationship with friends, my relationship with my wife, Getting this right, doing this. Getting this right, being at the right place at the right time. How do I do it? And I realized that I was getting further and further behind. But when I started working and worrying solely on a relationship with Christ, when I gave myself to Him completely, and i like to, I like to end my prayer with, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters, your will be done. Amen. I hope and I pray that whatever he has for me, that first and foremost, he keeps me in a position up here. And right here, to where I never neglect my relationship with Him. Because when I was neglecting my relationship with Him, everything else was falling apart. Hmm. When I got right with God, everything else fell into place on its own. And I realized deep down that it wasn't my battle to begin with. Hmm. I was trying to fix things that I don't have the power to fix. I don't have the knowledge to fix. I'm not man enough to fix these relationships, but when I fixed my relationship with him, when I turned my life over, and when he said, enough is enough, and I said, yes, sir, you're absolutely right, everything else fell into place, and I saw where my true victory lies. Hmm. And a peace came over me that has embraced me and has changed my life.
1: Yeah. Tell you what, Hoyt, I wish we had more time to talk. Um, I want to ask our musicians and singers to come up. And I want you to take us into this invitation. How about that? Talk to us.
0: One of the things that I remember from that cold, dark place was that I wasn't the only one there. There's a belief among a lot of Christians that once you're saved that that's it that's all you've got to do people think once I have my eternal salvation that I'm done I've admitted that I need Christ but friends let me tell you there's a hell on earth I know this because I've been there like I say, it's a cold, dark place. There's no age limit to the folks who are there. But there are folks there. There may be one or more here today that is in that place. You know the answer. All you got to do is ask. Ask. Now, again, I can't save you, but I know the road map. I can't bring you out of that cold, dark place, but I can pray for you. I can pray with you. And I can give you a big, strong shoulder to lean on from somebody who understands from a man that's been there. So I ask you, you know what? I beg you. If there's one here who hasn't given their life to Christ, and you can hear that still small voice, and you can feel him tugging on your arm, there's no better time than now. I've always heard if you can't beat them, join them. My favorite part of the Bible, and it doesn't matter what part you go to, it's all good. But my favorite part of the Bible is the fact where it confirms in my heart in the end, we win. We've got our victory, it's within our grasp. You don't have to go looking for him. He's right here, he's with you. If there's one here, if there's anybody here who's in that dark place, I ask you to come talk to me. Let me help you. Let Him help you through me. If there's somebody who's been in that dark place and you're back where you need to be and you want to thank Him for it, I ask you to come on up. If not and everybody's where they need to be, and everybody feels that peace and that happiness that I feel right now that He's given me, then we'll just ask Pastor Jimmy to go to prayer. But I can't help but think there's somebody that's got something on their heart. The Lord can take it. His grace is strong. His arms are open wide. If he can work on a sinner like me, and I apologize for spitting on the first three rows, but when I start talking about Jesus Christ, it excites me. And if you're not excited, if you don't feel the excitement that I feel, then maybe it's time to talk to him. Maybe there is a problem. Maybe there's a problem, and for a long time like me, you don't even realize it. But if there's anybody here, anybody here that needs to talk to the Lord, there's no time like the present. If you can't beat them, join them. And I want to be on the winning side. And I'm here to tell you, child of God, when it comes to the end of this thing, when it comes to the end of this life, when we see Him
1: come on a cloud, we win.
0: We win.